When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. America's fastest growing TV brand, TCL, brings you Mackie and Judd. DTM, the running back. He's on the left hip of Lawrence out of the gun. Rodgers went in motion to the left and comes back to the right end of the line. It's a shovel pass to ETN, and his third touchdown of the night. It is a pressure, and Lawrence on his back foot. Man wide open, caught, and off to the races. Goes Justin Ross down the far numbers, and he is going to score. Caught it near midfield. I think he was shocked to find out there weren't any Alabama defenders around him. And it's another long touchdown for Clemson, 74 yards. I'm excited for the question you're about to pose, which yes. we'll get to here in momentarily. But I have no shame admitting that I bailed on that game last night for a three-hour Bachelor season 75 premiere. You and Declan That Goff game was bolted. such a dud last night. Declan bailed on the Wild and then football. The Wild has been a dud for like How can six you? years. Okay, but. all right. Let's just start. Let's just start there. How can you do that? How can, it was. It was like. It was fifty to ten. It no, was, but I mean, of all things, the ba- three hour, the Bachelor. Now, what, why wouldn't you? De- it's jumped the shark a little. Why wouldn't you DVR the Bachelor, and then go back and watch it to at least get through the breaks really quick? Well, let, okay, let me clarify. So we have we've got the big screen TV in the living room, and then we use a healthy sized tablet that we just put on the coffee table in front. Yeah, I used to have the in the old Bachelor pad days. I used to have the two TV set up with the you know the the stack TVs. Yeah, but now it's okay. Let's let's we'll put. You know, one thing on the small TV, and for the early portions, the game was on the big TV. But after like a quarter, I know the the score wasn't out of hand in the first quarter, and there was like three touchdowns scored in the first four minutes and twenty yeah. seconds or something. But mm-hmm. it was you could just tell, oh man, three, Alabama's overmatched. This game's going to be a dud. I told Judd after I told Judd last hour when Etienne scored that first touchdown where he's just knifing through that Alabama defense. Yep. Even then, in, with the game. The result of the game still in doubt. I thought, oh boy, this is this might be something. Clemson might be in business tonight. But this was three hours. The Bachelor was. Well, the football game was like four and a half. <laughs> oh, I know. Well, <laughs> you know what? You misery. know what? I fixed it. I fixed it. Imagine Dragons played that halftime show, right? Half-time, Which went forever. They played a halftime concert. Basically. Exactly. That. Imagine Dragons next year. If you're going to do that, put the band in the freeway. Let them dodge cars and make the <laughs> halftime 15 minutes. Imagine Frogger. Because, because when I came out and complained about halftime in college football this year, I said, let's get rid of the bands. And I got a bunch of band pe- people back. And you know what? That's fine. I like said, the you marching know, bands. Yeah, the marching bands. But I came back and I said, you know what? Okay. I would still cut it down. But marching bands, I like them. 
Nothing against I, them. I, but I never played marching band. I did play in pep band for four years in high school. But if you're going to eliminate, if you are going to eliminate the march, the pep band, the marching bands, and mm-hmm. I, you know, and you're going to put Imagine Dragons out there. Now we've got no excuse for a lengthy halftime Did show. Did ESPN know that Clemson was that good? Because it felt like for a month leading up to that game, they promoted nothing except Imagine Dragons at halftime. And has anyone outside of some of the casual fans who tune in once every four years to a huge Super Bowl halftime act, has anyone ever said, oh my God, can't wait to watch halftime of the uh, you know, X football game, whatever football game it is. So I, I don't, I've got a better question for you. Has anybody ever been excited to watch Imagine Dragons? I hope not, because that Lightning well, and Thunder song is fair, awful. Fair I think Chris right. Long from Channel 5, Why? our good buddy, is a huge Imagine well, Dragons fan. Then he should call in, because well, I, I got a bone to pick up on the Lightning and the Thunder. Lightning I mean, and the Thunder. It's, it's two words. Well, Lil Wayne made a little cameo, too, I guess, in the performance. I didn't watch the halftime performance, but I guess he, he showed up, too, and that's he's going to draw people in, too. Listen, we had former Bachelor and Bachelorette contestants <laughs> in a hot tub outside now. of the sound studio. for you. Colton uh, Colton uh, Underwood is the new bachelor. Yeah, oh, former I, NFL oh. practice squad guy. Okay, I need help here. We know. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. You left that one there. All right, The Bachelor's on ABC, right? Yes. Why would a Disney property spin the national championship game against another Disney property? It's two different audiences. Well, unless you're me. No, yeah, <laughs> no, no, it's not. And De- they, and they got, they got the all my way. money last night because I had both my screens on Disney properties. But I would think it's, that... But they counter-programmed against themselves in a genius way. It's like when you've got um, the Super Bowl on NBC all from pregame starting at 9 o'clock in the morning all the way through the end of the day. Yeah. And usually ESPN or ABC or CBS, they'll give you bowling or the U.S. National Figure Skating Championships. They counter-program. Sure. So... What better way to counter program than to put the the bachelor in its regular time slot and blow it up to three hours so that if you were going to tune away from the game because it was a dud like it was and like I did, you're tuning into another uh, I don't know about that. Disney property. I'm not sure if that's all true. It was I guarantee I guarantee the bachelor has it, if TV ratings come out today. I guarantee the I, bachelor. Oh, I it did better last night. Oh, I'm, I'm sure it did better. Yeah. Well, I did see somebody tweeted out that last night's championship game was the lowest I think since. I think the LSU Alabama the game on the Superdome. The tune out had to be enormous. In 2012. It had to be huge. So explain to me this. On Twitter, I saw this. What's the deal with the chick who's faking the Australian accent? And has she been found out yet within the first three hours of the show? Or does this poor guy still think she's got an Australian accent? Um. So so he gave her a rose, and when she accepts, so they I don't think they had an actual conversation because there's 30 gals that come in. Mm-hmm. And he basically spends the entire first night just talking with them for five minutes, ten minutes. One gal went for four different conversations, which is not fair. Let the other ones get their turn, for God's sakes. But the Australian accent gal, might <laughs> throw a challenge flag. Yeah. <laughs> the Australian accent gal at the end, I don't think she had any FaceTime between the introduction and the rose ceremony. Oh. So she just got a rose because she's hot and has an Australian accent. And he thinks she's from Australia. Yeah. So so he hands her the rose and she says thank you. In just an American voice, but it was so quick that he probably didn't even notice. So it has yet to come up in a few. In it, I'm sure in future episodes, that's we're a dirty get move. You got listen. I, I heard her 30, explanation, but that's a dirty move. It's thirty women. That's like every a cheap wo- shot. Every woman for herself. Anything goes. You you got to do what you got to do to stay around. Are you ever going to stop? 
Like, is, is there ever going to be a Bachelor season where you're like, you know what, this is enough. I'm done. You watch random hockey games. You you watch <laughs> like sports. Islanders and Capitals are on. T- well, Capitals are on. It's Ovechkin. Okay. Uh, Islanders and uh, Hurricanes are on tonight. Uh, you know it's what? On I don't watch. NBC Sports Network. Judd, I don't watch games like that that much. Judd, Judd goes on YouTube. Judd's like a, a nerd like me. Like, I'll go back and watch, you know, and Collar's like this too. We'll watch a YouTube game. From like the the divisional round from like nineteen ninety six or something. I'm in on Judd that, go, yeah. yeah. Judd Judd will watch like the Hartford Whalers and the New York Islanders playing like I just a, watch fights. The Campbell Conference Finals. I just like watched the seven or something. <laughs> I watched like I watched the, the guys old, are just beating the, the hell good out of old each other. Bench clearing brawls. That's what I watch. <laughs> when guys Montreal and Quebec, fabulous bench clearing brawls. But I don't watch the rest of the crap. Hey, can we get an apology? All of you Notre Dame truthers out there who thought, oh, fraudulent Notre Dame, smoked by Clemson. Notre Dame put up a better fight against Clemson, even though they would they only score like three points. Did Notre Dame even score? 30 to three, yeah. Yeah. Notre Dame put up a better fight than Alabama did, at least defensively, against Clemson. Alabama couldn't stop anything in that game last night. Average margin of victory in the three college football playoff games, 22 points. Last year, nine points. And Th- if that we, whole thing was a abysmal disappointment if you were just a football yeah. fan. Well, here's the thing. I, know, I, I A lot of people say, well, if there was an 18 playoff, it just would have been even more of a massacre. No, no it wouldn't have because the first round would have been fun. Correct. Now, Alabama and Clemson would have rolled, but you would have at least the other two games, I bet you, would have been correct. You know, if it was like I Notre Dame and Ohio State or something. I wouldn't have wanted to see Alabama roll UCF, though. That would not have been fun to watch. Why? That would have been the most fun thing to watch. UCF for two years has been trumpeting, yeah. we're the national champions, <laughs> yeah. we're the best team in the country, we're going to have our own parade. Okay, go face Clemson and see what happens. But I, see, that's why last night was fun for me, because it was fun to see Alabama get a little bit of a taste of their own medicine last night. Yeah. The the conference commissioner from, from the UCF conference actually came out within the last couple of weeks and said, we got to expand this thing, it's got to be more... All right, if you run the Big Ten, I totally get that. But if you're the conference commissioner from that conference, just sit down and shut up. Like, you really think you belong? <laughs> like, you really, you're going to make a compel. Listen, if I could put eight teams in a playoff, I definitely would. UCF's conference would not be represented. Who was even in, who are all the teams in their conference? When you go through the teams that they beat this the year. The American? Oh, UConn. We need to put them up against Clemson just to shut their mouths. We were the national champions. Now, in fairness year. to You're them, right. though, in in fair in defense of UCF, they or at least they're claiming that they are trying to play people, and nobody will play them. So, I mean, but yeah, I mean, it's it's they they do need to like toughen up that schedule a little bit. They've got Connecticut in their conference. Went one and eleven. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> keep going. Tulsa three and nine. <sighs> Navy three and ten. Ooh. Uh, Eastern Carolina three and nine, <laughs> SMU five and seven. I love how many directional colleges the <laughs> yes. Carolinas have: oh, North, South, yep. East. Isn't there? A, there's a coastal that's, Carolina. Yeah. Right? That's <laughs> Tyler Thigpen. That's, that's not Linval Joseph's uh, ECU, is it? <laughs> they're not. They're not <laughs> no. that good anymore. No. I was hoping that Chris Long would. Chris has been texting us. I was hoping he'd call and defend his Imagine Dragons love. <laughs> this might be him. Actually, check to see if this is him. Lightning. If this is him, oh, there it is. He's calling yeah, the hotline. I'm, I'm on it. And uh, Dan Hayes is going to join us from The Athletic to talk about uh, the Twins signing a new reliever. I don't know if that's official yet. They haven't sent a press release it's out. Not, it's not official yet. But uh, the Twins did add a reliever. All right. All right, Chris. Defend yourself. 
Why is there so much hate in this show? You're hating on Judd for hockey. You're hating on <laughs> my music choices. That was me, What's actually, Longer. I, I don't no, I, like Imagine Dragons, and I don't need them to play a long halftime show ever again in my look, life. I, they are becoming this generation's... Two generations ago, it was Hootie and the Blowfish. Last generation, it was probably Nickelback. In this generation, I'll accept that it's Imagine Dragons. But I will stay. Here's the deal. I'm, if their song comes on the radio, I'm probably turning it off. But I'm telling you, having seen them live, they're a great live band. There are a lot of bands that I would go see live that I might even flip through their songs on the radio. But they were good live. I will stand, I, I will stand by that comment. We're kind of having a little mini Fight Me segment here. So it is, it is. Yeah. So you're not, so wait, 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 though. Let's back up for a second. You're not really a fan. You you liked them live, but if they come on the uh, r- radio and you're going to turn them off, then you're not really a true big-time fan. It depends on the song. Like, there's songs from people, like, I'm a, a huge Springsteen fan. There are Springsteen songs that if they come on the radio, I'm going to turn it off because I've overheard it. That uh, For Imagine Dragons, that natural song is awful. It's putrid. It's terrible. The Thunder and Lightning song, not going to listen to it on the radio. Great song live. All right. <laughs> well, that was easy. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Whatever. I love you longer, but oh, I ain't got no time for lightning. And I mean, it's like, like, did he go to his bandmates and present that song? Hey, guys, I got this song. Yeah, what's that? What, a love song? No, no, it's about lightning and thunder. Okay, and what else? No, it's just about lightning and thunder. I love if Judd ever got into a rap battle. And someone, you know, like Eminem from Eight Mile, he would he would be uh, the other dude who just like sets the mic down. All right, that was really good. Okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> whatever. All right, I, I, I'm not going to defend them as some groundbreaking. All I've said in now and in the past, some of their stuff's great, some of their stuff's terrible, but they're a really good live band, and I think that's why they keep showing up at every single event where there's more than 100 people in the United States over the last two years. Yeah, yeah. They're good lives. That's that's all I'm saying. Good point. You guys done? Do you want to throw another haymaker? Or? They might be. They might be good live, but get them off my television during football <laughs> games. Okay. It was, I, honestly, it was more entertaining than the second half of that football game. Yeah. Well, so, that game was disappointing. That. There's no doubt yeah, about it. But good for Clemson. We have a new dynasty in college football. And Chris Notre Dame, not maybe not as fraudulent as everyone thought after what happened to Bama last night. I'm telling you, Alabama didn't deserve to be there, man. Yeah, maybe maybe Georgia would have put up. I fight. wouldn't have thought that till last night, but you were right. Chris, right. we'll see you uh, see you on Channel Five, and uh, also you can follow Chris Long KSTP on Twitter too if you want more Imagine Dragons takes. Lightning and thunder, love baby. You, love, love you, boys. Love you, you too. Buddy. Bye. Bye. Right. Dan Hayes from the Athletic on the Twins' new reliever. When we come, Mackie and Judd are back. Please continue on fifteen hundred ESPN. All right, quick check on traffic here in the TCL Broadcast Studios. Uh, a couple crashes to tell you about. The first one is on a 35W northbound near St. Anthony between County Road C and County Road D. So uh, be on the lookout for that. And 694 westbound uh, near Pine Springs uh, between Highway 36 and Highway 120, which is uh, Division Avenue. So be on the lookout for those two crashes, folks. All right, before let's actually, we'll bring in our buddy Dan Hayes here. He can help us with... Uh with the end of this conversation. Dan Hayes from The Athletic. The Twins look like they have brought in a new reliever, but we uh, we have some important things to wrap up from last segment. Jonathan, you just did some counting. Yeah. 
on the Imagine Dragons song? The, is it Lightning and the Thunder? That's yeah. the name of the song, right? I think so, yeah. I, okay. I took the lyrics off of Google or whatever and put them into a Word document, counted it up, 235 words. So I took out every word that wasn't thunder or some derivative of it, like thunder, thun, thunder, whatever they say. <laughs> it accounts to about 83 words, which is about 35% of that song is just them saying thunder. Just thunder. What yeah. about lightning? What if you take out... Uh, I think it mentions lightning like four or five times. Okay. But it's mainly lightning? just them saying thunder, thun, thun, thunder. <laughs> I mean, yeah, wait, how, how do you go to your bandmates with that song and sell it? Dan Hayes, this is what happens when, when one college football team is just too dominant for the rest of the country. <laughs> uh, man, that game was so boring. Like, it was great, but it was boring. Like, yes. It, it was, uh, I, that was, we, I went to a, uh, event with some friends and we barely it's the first time we'd all hung out in a couple months we barely watched the game it was uh it's great you know just for alabama losing so that was a that was a fun night the fun part dan to, to me was, was the post game with with saban actually being flustered i mean nick saban is never flustered right he, he's the the ultimate you know belichickian tough guy f- football coach and it, it was great to watch him at a podium with his hair sort of tussled upwards because you, you could tell he'd become frantic, not having an answer for what the hell had just happened to his football team. Oh, yeah, he's smooth. I mean, he is Mr. Smooth at all times. It's probably why he's such a good recruiter. It's probably why they get all the, the players. I mean, he, he is confident, smooth, and, and when he's out of it, it it's uh, it's kind of refreshing to see so yeah there's nothing really i I wish the game had been a little bit more uh, exciting maybe but um man nothing really bad came out of last night yeah so blake parker a little bit of a late major league bloomer he's 33 years old he spent the last couple years with the angels he actually came up through uh or at least he made his major league debut anyways and, and spent three years with the cubs but blake parker um Strikeout per inning kind of a guy the last two years. He has racked up 22 saves, 66, 67 innings. Other than just the back of the baseball card stats, what can you tell us about the new Twins reliever? Definitely has a a good splitter that when he's throwing it well, it, it works like his changeup, um, like a changeup, I should say. And it's a pretty good combo. Um, I You know, this isn't like an end-all, be-all type move here for them, but I, I think it's a good move in that, Rocco Baldelli has another uh, steady option to throw in there. And, I, I, you know, you look at what this team has done and how far they've come from pitch to contact in the last couple of years. Um, they got a lot of strikeout guys. And, and look, at the end of the game right now, if this is what they did uh, going into the year, you've got probably five guys who have pitched in the ninth at some point, even, you know, a tiny bit. I mean, you know, Taylor Rogers and Trevor May got a taste of it late in the season after Fernando Rodney. Um, obviously, Trevor Hildenberger had a shot at it, too. So you have three guys who at least have pitched there. You've got Addison Reed, who really, um, if they go in like this, they're going to need a big bounce back from him. And it's going to be kind of interesting to see because he lost some velocity there um, in the middle of the season and didn't get back. And he's got a lot of miles on the, the arm. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if this is the group they went in with that Fernando Romero is part of the bullpen. Um, it, it, that just makes sense at this point because, you know, he he looked in spring training last year very dominant in short stints. Um, our, there was a game on MLB Network where he was just blowing away Phillies hitters, I believe it was. And, you know, he's got a good two-pitch mix. He doesn't seem to want to throw the changeup as much, and that's going to be a key for him being a starting pitcher. So, 
Um, but but I like the Blake Parker move just because you got some some experience again, and and the reported amount three million. Um, you're not breaking the bank, and you're getting a good option in there. So they they've done a good job of piecing this together and adding part by part. Um, I, I still think that you know there's possibility there's more out there as far as the bullpen. Um, if you if you don't have a fifth starter, you're going to obviously look at an opener, and you're needing more arms. I mean, when you look at how deep that Tampa Bay bullpen was last year, they had a ton of guys that you could bring in in many situations. And, and if there's going to be an opener used in any slots, they're going to need a deep bullpen. So I, they still could be looking that way. There are a lot of uh, relievers left in free agency, and and if you're not going to find a fifth starter, that would be a, a certainly a smart way to go. So best guess, what or who is next? Do you think, man? I, I I still think. I mean, just looking at it, they need a starting pitcher. Um, you know, Gio Gonzalez might make sense uh, just because he's he's got a lot of experience, and and who knows what that move could do for him. It'd be a shorter term deal. It wouldn't surprise me if they tried to fill it through trade. I you've got to think that they want to keep somebody around. Uh, you've got three guys on expiring contracts, but. You know, look at what happened last year, and, and I know they have a lot of confidence that Michael Pineda can do this, but we're going to still be seeing a guy coming back from Tommy John um, and, and pitching for the first time. And, and to say with certainty, hey, we need this guy to be our number four, you know, that, that's a lot of there's, – there's, there's too much of a what-if factor, I feel like, with that rotation with counting on rookies that they have or, or young guys in their second year. Um, I, I think starting pitching needs to still be addressed. And so, you know, maybe on the trade market, but it, it's just been such a confounding winner in, in how slow it has been. Um, obviously, it's picked up a little bit of steam, and we're seeing that. But, you know, it, it just it, it's it's hard to pinpoint who they'd go after. Um, it, a pitcher with control would definitely make sense, though. Okay, given what you just said, this is a problem. This is the second consecutive year that a sport that has a pace of play problem also has a pace of moves problem, which is boring me. I've got an idea. What if you tear guys out as far as what they're going to earn, and the Machados and Harpers of the world have to sign by Christmas? And, and what? And be, because I don't care if a relief pitcher signs for two mil in March. I just don't care. But they baseball has to do something here. We can't. I am. Who, I am now. Who would tear them out? Would it baseball be, could? I don't care who does. Well, like it. Players Association or league. It could or? be both. It could be both. But if you're going to sign the type of contract, Dan and Phil, that that Bryce is going to get, these guys need to be done by now because for the second consecutive winter they are boring me to death, and I'm actually bored. <laughs> I'm, I'm. I actually don't care now. This is a problem. I love baseball. I don't care where two of your star players go because you drag your feet for so long. But but think about the mystery team. The mystery team is always going to be disappointed with this uh, this outcome. I mean, they're they're always lurking somewhere in the background, waiting for these contracts. No, it, it is. Uh, it's just it, it's been a strange couple of years for sure, um, and and football has done it no favors by everybody loading up and doing it in a couple of days, and all the good players get signed quickly, and it's not dragged out. And I mean, it used to be that right after free agency, right around December one, you saw huge deals going down all the time. I, I still remember being at home, um, and the day Barry Bonds signed with the Giants, and it was somewhere around December one, December two uh, of ninety. 92 and we're going into the 93 season and and it was you know it was a huge deal and and the market of course that was about the time you expected it now it's you're looking at guys 
I mean, the fact that Machado and Harper are still unsigned, uh, it's it's crazy. I, I think Machado is going to be very soon, um, you know, and, and man, it, it, it's going to be shocking if it happens. But, I mean, it seems like the White Sox are in play so that he could be coming to the division. Uh, but it's it's definitely – uh, weird to see guys of that caliber, that young, who should be getting paid huge amounts because in 10 years they're going to be 36, uh, not able to sign yet. And then possibly it's it's part of the agent just trying to drag it out, but at the same time um, teams haven't shown a willingness to spend. And here we are where the industry has $10.3 billion uh, in, in revenues last year, or another record, and, and yet players are kind of getting the short end of the stick, and it's tough. You know what? So this is this is just literally off the top of my head, trying to think about what Judge just said and 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 how to solve this problem. So we're never going to have a salary cap in our lifetimes. I don't think you could get the power brokers with the Yankees and the Red Sox. It's just the toothpaste is too far out of the tube. But yeah. I think what you could come to, and I think this would benefit the players and would benefit the owners and the teams. You could cap the length of contracts like the NHL did and like the NBA. Well, the the NBA, the NHL. I guess the NFL hasn't capped length of contract, but you could cap length of contract. Hey, you can still pay whatever you want per year, but nobody can sign more than a five-year contract. And I think that would make it a lot easier for teams to say, all right, yeah, I mean, we'll give Bryce Harper money for five years. Teams teams are sitting here, and there's no end point to the negotiations because they don't want to give a ninth or a tenth year to players because they're not sure what, what the landscape's going to look like in a decade from now. Right. I mean, you know, you knew with the Angels – knew what they were getting into with Albert Pujols signing that 10-year deal. They knew they were going to give up two, three bad years at the end. And and Miguel Cabrera, like you could already see him starting to get older when he signed his deal. And at the end, it's not going to be very good. Look at Victor Martinez. I mean, he was given four years. At the end, he was, he was pretty useless, just broken down and old, having played so much. So that wouldn't be a bad thought. I, I think a salary, a, a floor, a minimum, would be great where, you know, that would be hard to get teams to sign on to, too. But at the same time, I mean, if everybody had to hit $100 million, you know, we'd have something going there. Um, it, it's a very difficult problem. I don't think that the uh, Players Association helped themselves out in that last collective bargaining. And it's always an uphill battle once you have to play catch-up, and they're going to have to going forward, that next CBA, which is obviously a couple years away. And they gave up a lot of ground for two buses and, and a lot of personal preferences and, and chefs in the clubhouse and that kind of stuff. And, you know, they're treated well in that regard, but at the same time, they're, they're losing some money. Dan Hayes, The Athletic, where's the best place to uh, find your stuff? What's the, what's the latest that people can find from you right now? Uh, hopefully in the next day or two, something on the bullpen. Um, it, it's been kind of slow, but some Nelson Cruz stuff uh, last week was fun, and I'm, I'm still trying to put some more stuff on him being a great teammate together at The Athletic. So should have something coming up. And then obviously uh, actually got a trip going on later this week to go uh, go out east and uh, meet up with Rocco Baldelli. So nice. should be some good content coming soon. Cool. All right. Awesome. Hey, thanks, thanks, Dan. Coming, man. All right, guys. Thanks See for having you. me. All right. That's Dan Hayes from The Athletic. But, I'm so tired of this. But does this does my theory make sense? Where all right, let's let's break down why this is happening here. So players are asking Bryce Harper and previously Albert Pujols or whoever these guys want. This is their one chance to get a ridiculous contract, and there's no there's no salary cap. So in the NBA and the NHL and the NFL, it's easy for teams to say, "Oh, I mean, can't give you fifty million because we have, we only have one hundred fifty million right. in the cap or one hundred seventy million in the cap." Right. 
In baseball, agents and players say, Yankees, there's no salary cap. Another $10 million, another $20 million, another $50 million. And the Yankees are saying, okay, well, that's fine, but you also want nine or ten year deals? That's ridiculous. So if you at least went halfway and said, okay, both sides, nobody can sign more than a five-year contract. Teams would feel more comfortable dishing out contracts. Oh, hell, we'll pay you $40 million a year for five years, not for ten. As a baseball fan, something has to happen. Like, you can't have two superstars be on the market essentially for a second consecutive year and and for me, a baseball fan, I want to like baseball. I wake up every day thinking, God, you know, the sport's alienating me because this takes too long and that mm-hmm. takes... But I want to like baseball. I grew up loving the sport. Mm-hmm. And right now, I don't care. Yeah, but if you flip this around, let's say, the, so, let's say the NBA had no salary cap. I'll listen to anything. Yeah, the NBA had no salary cap, and LeBron James is a free agent. Well, it's easy because they have max contracts. Yeah. You're a max player. Oh, okay, well, I'm going to get... Uh, X percentage of the team's cap for five years, and if I make an All-Pro twice or whatever, like the, you literally know what you're going to get as an NBA player when you hit free agency. And if it was the other way around, LeBron James and Kevin Durant hit free agency, there's no cap, and there's no max contracts. Sure. They'd sit out there until maybe into the season. Like They would sit out there forever. I just don't think that you can afford, in this day, day and age where, where people need things to move fast, I don't think that you can have football, basketball, hockey have guys sign immediately as superstars, and then your sport's like, yeah, you know, it's January 1st. Yeah. yeah. It's This is a great chance for baseball to steal publicity, to steal headlines, and it was even greater chance before the NFL playoffs hit, because yep. there's this period in December where, okay, the NFL is kind of, we kind of know who the playoff teams are going to be, and there's no college football going on, and it should be Harper signs, Machado signs, and it never is. And I want I want the drama to be where are these guys going to go more so than how much money are they going to get and how long are these damn contracts going to be. Like yep. I just I want the drama to be where is Bryce Harper going to go? Yep. Because I don't care how much money he's yep. going to make. The money's he's going to make a lot with, of money. With six teams, and it's right. just a matter of who he's going to choose. I just want to know where is he going to go. That's where I want the drama. It's to not going to be the Twins. We know that. <laughs> don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Oakley dokley On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd now continue. Well, here we are again. Yes. On 1500 ESPN. We got football news. Dirk Cutter, as expected, I guess, has taken the Atlanta Falcons offensive okay. coordinator job. I need to write this stuff down because so this all out. impacts the Vikings. Yes. So, okay. So, the news today. Okay, Dirk Cutter. All right. Dirk Cutter out. To the Falcons. To the Falcons. Took that job. Kevin Stefanski, back in Cleveland for a second interview, we think for the head coaching job. But our guy, Danny Cunningham, who's a huge Browns fan, said that it could actually be that he would end up being the OC in Cleveland under, is it Kitchens, who was the, Freddie Kitchens, Freddie Kitchens is, who yeah. was the offensive coordinator who might get the head coaching job in Cleveland. Okay. But Stefanski is in the last day, the last day of his contract with the Vikings is today. So he could be out as early as this week, which leaves the only other name that's been circulated around, Mike Malarkey who we talked about yesterday, who, as we found out from the Google machine, loves to run the football, which Zim obviously would like. But but Courtney Cronin, who, who we talked to in the 3 o'clock hour, had a very interesting tweet, insightful and accurate, which is, if Stefanski leaves, 
how many people are going to be knocking down Zim's door for a job in, in which it, Zim has had what now three OCs, and also and Kirk Cousins is not a super hot commodity yeah. to. Yeah, and and Zim, as of right now, 2019 is going to be the last year of his contract. So, are you going to be clamoring for a job at which you know the the head coach might be difficult to work with, and you also know that unless things turn around in 2019, you might be trying to find a job again in 2020. Yeah, um, but besides I, I that, it's fine. So, my biggest question is: I get that Kevin Stefanski was, especially after the uh, the year he worked with. Uh, Case Keenum, that he was sort of a hot commodity as an offensive coordinator, to see head coach finalist next to him. So my first thought was, well, it's the Browns. I mean, the Browns, are their radar has been off for 30 years. But is their radar really that off anymore? They've they've become a respectable team. They've got a quarterback in place. John Dorsey's good. John Dorsey knows what he's doing. It's not off. So if, let's, let's say that Cleveland is now no longer a dumpster fire joke of an organization. They've got a GM in place. They've got a quarterback in place and they are ripe to make the playoffs next year. And they're looking at Kevin Stefanski and saying, Oh no, not, not only do we think he could be an offensive coordinator. No, he's a finalist for head coach. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that give you a little pause and say, why are the Vikings just sort of dismissing him for lack of experience or whatever other reason? Or are they not doing that? And he's saying, hold on a second, but there's some I've got this opportunity because, yeah. because if you were, if you had a chance to to talk to a different station for a clear promotion, and this station said, "Uh-uh, you're not do, you're not going to do that." And by the way, you don't get promoted; you get the same job. A year after that, if your contract comes up, there's a good chance that you're going to tell the current it. station, "You know what? I think I'm going to explore my opportunities now." Yeah, I wouldn't forget it. Um, so, and plus, I did. I would have signed a contract. That's the other thing too. Like he did sign a contract and. He, but it was it, it would have rubbed me a little bit the wrong way. I don't know if I would have held on to it for a full year. There'd have to be a lot of other reasons why I would just say, yeah, I'm not even really interested in exploring this anymore. Sure. But fa- factor in the two things that you also just said. Zim, who who might be difficult to work for and, and is going into the last year of his contract, and f- factor in that Cleveland can come and say, Baker Mayfield. And you're thinking, okay, Baker Mayfield or Kirk Cousins. Oh, yeah. So right in there. That case, if you're Stefanski, it might be a slam dunk to take the Cleveland job. And also, you look at that division. So I know Lamar Jackson was hot for a while at the end of the year. I'm not sold that Lamar Jackson's a franchise quarterback for Baltimore. He has a lot to prove. Um, Andy Dalton doesn't scare me in that division. And Ben Roethlisberger has been threatening retirement for three or four years. And they might trade Antonio Brown. So if you're looking for a division compared to another division, and I still have to deal with Aaron Rodgers for five years and the, what the Bears have become and what they'll probably be for the next five years... I don't know. That AFC North feels like the tide is shifting a little bit over there, too. So that's kind of an appealing thing. And it seems like the Browns, with just where they're at, aside from the the rest of the division and where it's at, like there just seems to be there's some patience there now. Like they're, they're trending in the right direction, but there's once you get there, it's not, not like your seat is just sizzling and you got to worry about it. Oh, am I going to still have a job a year yeah, they, from now? They kept a dude who won one game in two years. They waited to <laughs> well, fire him until halfway too, through the season. That was a little too patient. And <laughs> uh, some more coaching news here, too. The Arizona Cardinals have announced two things. Number one, Cliff Kingsbury is their new head coach. And they made it very clear. I'm going to read from the press release here. <laughs> Uh, this is partially, I wish I had the, the full paragraph above this, but Kyle uh, Bonagura, who took the screenshot, just highlighted the funny part. 
But it goes on to explain the background of of Cliff Kingsbury, quarterbacks coach for Texas A&M in 2012, working with Johnny Menzel before being hired by Texas Tech as a head coach. Cliff Kingsbury is also friends with Rams coach Sean McVay, the 32-year-old offensive genius who has become the blueprint of many of the new coaching hires around the NFL. McVay reached out to Kingsbury after Texas Tech let him go to see if Kingsbury wanted to join the Rams staff for a stretch run and postseason as an offensive consultant. Kingsbury considered it, but ultimately joined USC. Have you ever seen in a press release, hey, this guy who's awesome over here, well, his, we hired his friend. Yeah, they're friends. And, and he might have hired him if he could have, but, but he couldn't, but he tried really hard. This is, That's hilarious. This is, as we speak currently, jumping the shark completely. Yeah. Like, I'm all for these young offensive guru type of kids who come along and know their thing and they've got ideas, and, and that's great. But, like, we are now entering a phase. The Packers just did. Now, now, the Packers, the LaFleur hire might be right, but the fact is now basically what you've got is head coaches, guys who are guys who five years ago would have been considered hot offensive coordinators are now ascending directly to head coach. Mm-hmm. And there's no there's no middle ground to say, hey, Cliff, you know what? You, you might be a good coordinator, but you're probably not head coaching material in the National Football League quite yet. In fact, you just got blown up by your college. And instead, it's like, ah, oh, now let's just give him the job. Yeah. So I went to the Cardinals website because you wanted the paragraph above it, and I quick searched Sean McVay to find the spot in the press release. Well, that sentence about him being friends with Sean McVay is now gone. It just Now it just starts with Sean McVay reached out to him. Why does Sean McVay need to be referenced at all in the press release? I have no idea. That's, you know, he he is at he's obviously a terrific coach and he's done a nice job with the Rams, but he's got everybody in the league scrambling around trying to find the next Sean McVay. The Packers just it's did this exact same thing. <laughs> when, hey, when did the Cardinals become stupid again? I'm serious. Like the Cardinals turned this around. They went to a Super Bowl. Fitzy's been there for a long time. They've yeah, they've I done mean, it. Now, they've been stupid for the majority of their existence. Yes, they they, have. they only was, weren't stupid for about three years. Yeah, when they had when they Bruce had Arians. Kurt Warner and Larry Fitzgerald together, they weren't stupid. That, that little two year stretch, they went to the Super Bowl, and then the next year, I think they won like ten, eleven games and made the playoffs. But Arians was a good that, coach. Been, he was a he was yeah. a fine coach. Yeah, they yeah they did. They went to NFC Championship. No, I mean they're getting, two years ago. Did, did you guys Carson see this Palmer. news? Bruce Arians. Yeah, Tampa Bay. Just yeah, Tampa got the Bay. Tampa Bay job. Yeah. But he spent nights in the hospital like two years ago, uh, including a night in uh, HCMC. It's, right? just, it's just the heart. Don't don't concern yourself with it. It's God. just his heart. It's no problem. But this is kind of like. Oh, we, oh, sorry. We have more breaking news. Sure. Sorry. We have Mike there. Malarkey news. Start playing this. Oh, no. Let's do it when we come back. And then, man, well, sorry to cut you off. No, Maddie. no, let's, we're good. No, we're let's move on. We're good. Okay. We have Mike Malarkey news. <laughs> Mackie and Judd. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Gentlemen, to the medicine cabinet. On 1500 ESPN. What is it you're trying to say? Now, back to Mackie and Judd. What? On 1500 ESPN. All right, quick check on traffic, and it will be very quick because I'm dying to get to this Mike Malarkey stuff. Uh, traffic update brought to you by Duluth Trading Company. And right now we have a crash, 35W southbound. That's causing a 25-minute delay. It's between Highway 55 and Portland Avenue South. So uh, that might be uh, slowing things down if you're headed southbound on W. All right, gentlemen. All right, we, I never thought in my broadcasting and football f- Slash Vikings fan uh, life, I would be excited to announce Mike Malarkey news. I don't know if you should be excited about this. I wasn't pining for Mike Malarkey to be the Vikings offensive coordinator, and he will not be. 
because uh, that uh, might have been. Mike Malarkey will be the tight ends coach for the Atlanta Falcons. So the Falcons have hired two guys that were rumored to be in the mix for Vikings offensive coordinator. They hired Dirk Cutter to be their offensive coordinator and Mike Malarkey to be their tight ends coach. Who wants this job? So Stefanski rumored to be very flirtatious with the Cleveland Browns for a head coaching position. Mike Malarkey out, Dirk Cutter out, and uh, I don't know if there's been any other really hot names out there connected to the Vikings. Those were sort of the, the three main ones. I think that's it. So here we are. So I, I said to you guys during the break, just go find the best Madden player who's friends with Sean McVay <laughs> on Instagram or something. Like, who would you trust more? Mike Malarkey just calling handoffs you know, and doing his... You know, McVay's young. Mom st- still has to be around, right? Call up Mrs. McVay. You're going to hire Sean McVay's mom? Hire his mom, oh hire his dad. Ask, ask his mom, be like, hey, did any, any buddies that Sean had growing up that like playing football with him and Sean, you really know, smart and sharp like he is? Sean probably talked a lot of football and offensive strategies around the house for years. She probably picked up on things. She listened to him. Let's put her up in the booth and let her call plays. Plus, Zim's just going to say, Mrs. McVay, no offense, but all I want to do is run. Well, let's Run, run, run. Let's look at... Let's look at if you're the Vikings and you're Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman and you're pitching this job and you know the perception here that Mike Zimmer hasn't had a long-term offensive coordinator relationship yet in his five years with the Vikings. They've gone through multiple different. He's had two mid-season departures. So it's it's not exactly a job that screams stability, for one. It's not a job that screams launching pad because John Filippo's. <laughs> Well, it sort of does. To You're launched them. right out of the, of the organization <laughs> right. with three games left. So what are the pros and the cons? I think the pros are the two wide receivers for sure. You've got, I think, the best wide receiver tandem in the NFL in Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. Yeah. I think Dalvin Cook is a huge pro. Kyle, just you've got weapons. So the weaponry is the pro. The, and I think you have a franchise center. And, and Pat Elfline, another year healthier. So I think you have a franchise center. So you've got some really key pieces slotted in. Mm-hmm. The biggest negatives would be the other four offensive linemen, <laughs> the lack of cap space to add pieces, we'll fix and that. a quarterback that his reputation has probably turned into just his reality as Here, a quarterback. All right? Right. He's not a big game guy, and he's league average at best. I've got an offensive coordinator for you guys. He might have just lost out, and, uh, lost out on a role in that we thought he would take in Cleveland. He was with a former team in the division. He might be okay with a one-year stint. Wow. Well, I see where you're going. Yeah, with you it. see where I'm going. Mac McCarthy. I got. <laughs> I got bad news for you. I think he's going to the Jets. <laughs> yeah, that one too. Is he going to be the head guy? I think he is going to. Weren't the, the Jets? The Jets were in on Cliff Kingsbury for a while too. Yeah, he right? had an interview with them last night. Then flew to Arizona. Like, I'll take this gig. Arizona is so screwed up that they came to McCarthy and offered him full control, and he said no. They offered him full control of a National Football League organization. So player, no. and he said no. Wow! Dismissed him out of hand. I don't even is think that, he went there. Is that true, though? Do we know that that's true? I believe what I Someone read. Someone offered him full control of a yeah, football organ- what operation. I yeah. Um, I can answer your question though. Your your Vikings question. The positive in taking the OC job here, and this is not this is an underhanded to a certain degree, but it's not shocking in this league if especially if you're a young guy if you come in here and offensively have success and get cousins on the right track and make dalvin cook look good which i think he can and the offensive line is improved an uptick but it's still not great 
you can either then replace Zim if things don't go incredibly well in 2019 on defense or get a job really quick. So that's to me, that's the the upside is if I think that I can if I can basically milk cousins for everything he's worth and and get this offense to operate in a fashion that that looks like I know exactly what I'm doing, that's the upside. But then here's but here's another downside. If the Vikings succeed. We've switched roles, by the way. <laughs> this is very odd. I just got this panic cloud following me around. <laughs> But if let's say the Vikings succeed, whatever that looks like, they go back to the playoffs and they win the division. They they go back to being Super Bowl contenders. Are you really going to get full credit at this point? I mean, because because Kirk Cousins has put up numbers. So if he if he puts up numbers again, yeah. the defense is going to get credit. Mike Zimmer is going to get credit. The wide receivers are going to get credit. Kirk Cousins is going to get credit if you succeed. I don't even know if. An offensive coordinator cracks the top five perception-wise of people that would get credit for a successful Viking season. So it's just another. I mean, if you go in and you, this is why working with a rookie quarterback. If you go in and you work with, uh, well, like in Arizona, you go work with Josh Rosen and he blossoms. Well, he may or may not blossom, regardless of who the offensive coordinator is. But if you're the Adam Gaze who gets to attach yourself to a successful quarterback, then all of a sudden, boom, blast off. There goes your career. Carson Wentz. And Nick Foles, with or without John D. Filippo, we're going to be successful. I mean, we're finding that out this year too, right? Without John D. Filippo, Nick Foles well, yeah, quarter, was still yeah, big game coach. guy in the fourth quarter. Yeah, won a game on the road, in and the he playoffs. was their position coach. But that's the thing. Like, yeah. yes, but we. But, but if you come, but if you are, are the Vikings OC in 2019, and and the favorite that was done for you was done by Flip this year, which is the offense went backwards. And Cousins put up stats, but they were partially padded. And if you dissected his year, not that great. So now if you come in and have and lead him to success and he goes to the playoffs, then it's you that, that got, got this team back on track. If Shermer to, to flip had happened and just been continually successful, then mm-hmm. we're, we're all saying, well, that's Pat's offense. Yeah. So I think the... I think the downtick of this offense in 2018 has the potential to help the new coordinator in 2019 to say, I got him back on track. Now the question, though, is if Kevin Stefanski, let's say, goes to Cleveland, becomes the head coach or the offensive coordinator or whatever, what are the options for the Vikings now at this point? I told you, McVay's mom. Someone just tweeted in here. Matt Doherty <laughs> tweets in Mike Tice in all caps. What is Mike? What's Mike Tice up to? Is he offensive line coach somewhere? No, he was anywhere. This no, year. he got out of coaching. Said he wasn't coming back. And as of right now, I think he is retired in Seattle. But the other I thing about this game is, we could sit here throw out names. It's so hard to tell. Yeah. So Ke- Kevin Stefanski. Okay, let's use this as an example. So he's a finalist, according to reports, for. And he's and he's been an offensive coordinator for three games in his life, and right. so he was a position coach before then, and basically started off as a football ops intern type guy with Brad Childress back in two thousand six or two thousand seven. So Kevin Stefanski goes in, obviously has a really good interview because his resume doesn't scream head coaching material. So he, they probably brought him in initially just to tap his brain and figure out, oh, what the Vikings are a successful organization for the most part. They win a lot of games. Okay, let's let's just tap some people. And then he impresses. This is what happened with Mike Tomlin, too. Mike Tomlin, that was probably a Rooney Rule interview, it let's was. be honest. Yep. And he, but it's, it's, a, it's a credit to the Rooney Rule in that he got in the door and then impressed. K- 
Kevin Stefanski could have just tricked the Browns for four hours and just like he may, he came really prepared for an interview, but potentially maybe he winds up being a great head coach. Right. My grand point here is we're flipping coins and teams are flipping coins on all these position coaches and coordinators. The 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 Rams flipped a coin on Sean McVay. And it yes. turned up heads for them. And be, because of that, every one of his last friends now is getting jobs. <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury. I'm not kidding. Is friends with I'm Sean McVay. That's in the how press this is released. <laughs> three years ago, Stefanski wouldn't have gotten in the door in Cleveland, right? But now, what are we all saying? Looking for that next hot young guy that knows it's, offense. It's, it's a copycat league. And what I was going to say last segment, too, at the end was, it's kind of like with what the Warriors did with Steve Kerr. They fired Mike Mark Jackson after he had a couple winning seasons, a couple playoff years with them, and then they hire Steve Kerr, and it was a, I mean, they win the NBA championship in his first year, and then the next thing you know, everybody's fi- everybody in the NBA is firing coaches because they want to find the next Steve Kerr. Yeah, and it just it just doesn't work that way though. Yeah. So here we are, and the Vikings, if you're, if you're just joining us, the Vikings, all the names basically this morning that were bandied about Vikings offensive coordinator candidates. Dirk Cutter, he's unavailable now, and uh, and uh, Mike Malarkey is now the tight ends coach with the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons are so, killing us. Yeah. <laughs> Mackie and Judd, TCR Broadcast Studios. Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Guys, I thought we were in a hurry. On 1500 ESPN.